Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Episode 43 of season two of the Manly Musings podcast. We are getting closer and closer to episode 100. Holy crap. This is ridiculous. Um, But tonight we are bringing on one of Kevin's family members to join the podcast. Uh, So, Kevin, I'm going to throw this one over to you. You get to continue this intro because it is your family. So go right ahead. Yes. And Merritt was also scared that he was going to screw up the last name. But I'm not okay. good with last names. He's, he's not good with last names. He's slowly <laughs> learning. But today, we are keeping the ladies theme going. We had uh, Sarah and Bree from West Virginia Soccer the other day. We had Jess on Boston Youth Soccer. We're going to go ahead and take you to the courts of the volleyball court. And we are going to be speaking with my niece, Oregon Duck, Libero slash defensive specialist, Miss Maya Delos Reyes. Maya, say hello to the people. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. You look scared shitless. <laughs> it's fine. It's really fine. I was like, this is a very inconvenient time. And I was trying not to wave it uh, off. It's all good. It's totally fine. Shout out to the flies out here for bugging our Zoom call. But uh, yeah, we're going to chat it up with Maya. To talk about her 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 time being a the current Division One athlete. Uh, we've talked to previous Division One athletes before, and now we got Maya out here to share a little about her experience so far. We're super excited. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. Uh, so we appreciate you. Yeah, of course. Yes. All right. So Merritt. So shall we uh do our usual thing? What do we want to do? I'm I'm just kind of going off of you now. You you took over, man. The past couple I mean, weeks, you, you've been doing this on your own, so which I'm is just... kind of terrifying because I definitely supposed to have a co-host out here. But what's Mary, co-host? Let's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, me either. I know. I'm just kidding. So let's just jump into the weekly sports update. Uh, we will start with the biggest uh, news across the world with the women's World Cup. Big things coming out of that today. Jamaica, the first ever Caribbean um, island country, has moved on to the knockout round of the round of 16. So huge accomplishment to them for doing that. They tied Brazil, and because of that, they got to move on. Brazil needed the win uh, to move to advance. So it's they, I think they play Monday. I don't know who they'll play, um, but... Congratulations to them. They almost didn't even make it to the World Cup because of um, what the Jamaican Football Federation cut the funding. So Bob Marley's daughter years ago helped fund the team. And then they ran out of money again. And then JFF did not do it, step in to help out. So she helped fundraise again and got bigger donors, bigger comfort companies involved so that these ladies were able to show up and now they get to advance so they have an opportunity to make it even further if they play well enough um but then let's talk about the team that everyone in the united states has watched and woke up at 3 a.m or did Maya's on the west coast at 12 a.m to watch on uh tuesday morning uh the u.s women's national team has been the most lackluster performance that I think anyone has seen. And I'm really mad that I wasted an hour and a half to two hours of my day watching that game. 
on Tuesday. Wow, um, you were you were up and watching it. Dude, I got up at 2.30 in the morning. You're I, a superstar for doing I that. I legit was like, you know what? I'm going to watch the game. We should win. We should definitely dominate Portugal. It's Portugal. This I think it's like they're... The U.S. have played them uh, 10 times and won 10 games and scored 39 goals on them. So, like, yeah, we should. No, it was a nil-nil draw. Like, what Nil-nil draw. And Portugal honestly should have won the game. They missed the goal. They hit the post on a shot. If it goes another two inches to the left, it's in. There's no way our goalkeeper's stopping it. And we just played God awful soccer. So now, now let me let me ask you because like I, yep. I, I'm I'm slowly trying to follow. You have been following it religiously, as I can see. What is it with them? Is it just like the lack of experience? Is it just lack of chemistry? I'm very confused because we got a lot of great players on here. I know we uh just talked about last week that I know there's there definitely some key players from from the team that aren't on there because they're injured. But like, what is the deal? Um, I think it's the injuries, and then Carly Lloyd literally ripped them apart. Um, I think it's just the the generation that you have. So you look at Abby Wambach, you look at Alex Morgan, you look at Carly Lloyd, um, Holiday. I can't remember her first name, but Drew Holiday's wife and others. Lauren Holiday. Lauren Holiday. Thank you, Kevin they came in with the expectation that they had to win everything. And granted that expectation is still there because they are the number one team in the world, but it's just the, the, the play is not there. Half the team has never played in a world cup. So you're they're having, young, right? Yeah. They're very, very young um, and very inexperienced at that high level. Uh, I was texting back and forth with one of my friends while I was watching the game. And I I won't lie, I did go to the gym at halftime and got to the gym around like four-ish and rode the bike and watched the game and texted my friend the whole time going, I'm done. Like Sophia Smith, who is arguably one of the best soccer players out there, uh, does not look good. She just decides to go 1v3. She was was killing it the first couple of games, but I guess. Yeah, she killed it against Korea. Who cares? Vietnam. Or, v- or Vietnam, whoever. It it just wasn't good. Um, so we'll see. They play Sweden on Sunday at I think it's four AM. Um God, will... it's so it's so late. Oh my god. It's so early. Four AM I guess. Four AM on a Sunday. I will Sheesh. be up. I will be up. I will watch it. They most I likely will lose to Sweden. I, I don't... don't say that. I don't think they're going. They, there's so many other teams that look so much better, so much better. I did, just, you know, it was very interesting to watch after the game. You could see the girls all get together, and um, Kelsey O'Hara, who came in as a sub, was the only person that said something. Not the head coach, not anyone else, um, and you could see the body language of the women they were especially the older ones you know Ertz and morgan they were both pretty peeved and what you could tell um so we'll see what happens on sunday i don't really know i hear a lot of the complaint with their team is that 
the coach of the this team is not the best that they've ever had. No, he's not. He is more. Let's put it this way. Kevin, you and I love basketball, right? Sure. Brad Stevens was very analytical for the Boston Celtics. Good coach, but very much looked at the numbers, right? Yep. Let's use Doc Rivers. He was not analytical. He just went off the flow of the game when he put, when he coached the Celtics, right? Kind of let them okay. do their thing. Didn't disrupt okay. the play. Mm-hmm. That is how you look at these. the coach for the U.S. women's is very much analytical. He's not good okay. with – their set pieces are pretty good, but he doesn't let them fl- the flow of the game go. So their former coach, um, she was one that helped us win the last two World Cups. She allowed the the game to just come naturally uh, and to put pressure in certain spots. This guy, very much a different approach. Um, so I, I don't think if they don't advance past Sunday, he most likely will not come back. Oh, I mean, I, you I, can't. I hope to believe that he wouldn't come back after the dominance we've had throughout the last almost most of the decade and you're just going to completely just destroy what like kind of tradition we're like rolling with right now. That's like unacceptable. So yeah, hey, that's the struggle. We want those. We want the Jersey with five stars here. We ain't here for I four would, stars. We're five. Yes. Stars. I would like five stars. That would be five star review. for me. Maya, do you have you been watching any of the World Cup at all or anything, or do you have any of your friends that follow it? Um, I'm not like fully like an avid watcher. If there's like like short clips, highlights, whatever, like I'll watch those. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She watches the Instagrams. It's okay. Me too. Me too. My roommate. My freshman year roommate, one of them is a soccer player for the Oregon Ducks. Um, she's half, she's like Mexican Filipino. Like we're really close. Oh, that's um, fire! You nice. would probably be upset that I'm not watching it, so I'm not <laughs> gonna tell her that I did this podcast. Um, but their coach, his name's Graham Bell. He was actually on the coaching staff for the national team at some point i think in oh, like cool. 2014 so like they do like watch parties together they had like barbecues and like watching all of it and like from what i understand we're not doing so hot but the philippines had their first ever win yeah so that right. i am happy about that but Me for too. the united states i i don't think we're, we're not doing so good so that's that's, one, that's my world cup Love it. Perfect. Love perfect. It. That's the same amount as Kevin, right there. <laughs> perfect amount. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. So, Kevin, you and I mentioned this last week, well, via text message, and you said, "Let's talk about it during the podcast." Mm-hmm. So, uh, Julie Bust, the current Lakers owner, has announced that when LeBron James decides to retire from the NBA, they will retire his number. What the flying effing hell is that? It's like the Celtics retiring Kevin Garnett's jersey number, which I still am peeved about because didn't deserve it. You don't think KG deserved no. to have his jersey no. retired? 
Did he not bring a title to your he, town? He brought a title with three with three other great players. Awesome. But you like, did not do anything more significant there. I think you've retired wow. your number somewhere where you've been there for so long. That's what mm. you retire. You don't retire because, oh, you brought me a championship. Then guess what? You retire a shitload of numbers. Yeah, but I think it's more than just the championship. Like, wow. I'm not going to lie. I this love is an KG. Instagrammable clip because That's fine. I did not expect you to say that. I love KG. But if you're retiring his number, then you better start retiring Ray Allen's number 20 jersey then. But I'm sure you, they will at some point. They have yet to say anything about it. And I would say Ray Allen is more of the reason you won that NBA Finals than KG was. KG was great, but Ray Allen was hitting threes left and right and hit broke records that year. But you're, did you that, forget that KG is a, you know, an icon during that time frame with his any like Adidas made a whole yeah that was after the damn thing. Anything is possible, yeah, but that type of thing matters when you know when you take into consideration the effect of a city like the fact that i'm even defending the boston celtics right now in this is freaking bullshit <laughs> because i can't believe that we're even having this argument but i can't wait for that part of the clip to come out i bullshit. can't even i don't I'm agree shocked that you but it but i'm trust me like kg but he changed the culture down in boston did he, he help paul pierce did he change the culture as a, truly, I mean, he, that he team brought, was a hell of a lot closer he when brought he a came there. He brought a tenacity and brought a lot of things. I agree with that. I just say you were there. He was there for what five, se- maybe five seasons, three seasons, four seasons, something like that. It's not long enough in my. Even if you win a championship, it's not long enough to make a huge difference. To me, if you're on an organization, Paul Pierce. 100% deserved his jersey to be retired by the Boston Celtics. He played majority of his career there until the end when they traded him and we ended up getting Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown out of it. I just don't agree with the Garnett one for the simple fact that you brought a championship, which we're all, every Celtics fan is thankful and grateful for. But that I don't agree with you were there for so short a time, let's still retire number. If that's the mantra that you're going to do, then there's so many other players that should have had their numbers retired then. So then give me an example of who else needs to have their number retired. I already used it. He's one of the best. That's Ray shooters. Allen. But yeah, yes. I, give me another one. <sighs> Rondo. Yeah. I, if, if For Celtics, I would 100% retire his number nine jersey. Absolutely. Go ahead. Kendrick Perkins. Continue. Leon Poe. James Posey. Eddie but that, see now you're you being ridiculous. Going? No, but those, but those people didn't do. They, oh, they're not ineffective. Okay. No. No, he's a starting he, center. But so, but now, so now you're just literally just gonna say that that's, just because they're on the team that they should be retired. That's what. That's what this makes it come out to feel like. Is now you're just retiring a number to retire a number. And you're not going to retire his number six jersey because you, no one's allowed to wear that jersey anymore. He, and he finished wearing it. So you're going to retire number 23, which guess what? Most likely. Who, who wore number 23? Hmm, who's the best player ever? No, wait. No, I'm saying like on the Celtics, who wore number 23? No, I'm talking about LeBron now. No one's on well, the Celtics. I, well, I'm, to actually get back to your question, I think for LeBron, it just depends on what I think. 
he deserves to have a number in the rafters. I just don't know which number should be up there. Well, it's not I'm not gonna... giving him Kobe treatment for no, sure. You, he's, in my opinion, he's, he gets his number retired in Cleveland, and that's where it stays. I think you're that's not gonna, you're not gonna you're not gonna give it to him in Miami. No, you're not gonna give him a retired number in Miami. What? No, you don't need a retired. He brought titles there, and he changed uh, the culture. He cha- f- come on, good for him. He, he brought- changed the culture with he's the, him. Well, not just him, but your Celtics d- 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 started the big three. No, we did not. Yes, they did. Go back to the nineties. Who brought the big oh, three my first? God. Don't give me the this nineties bullshit. Keep going. Merit, Let's go, Merrick. You're really telling me that LeBron re- doesn't deserve his number no. retired in Miami. I don't think so. He I brought think... how many titles there though? Two. Yeah, and how many times he went to the finals? He went all four years he was there. Yeah, good and for you. Yeah, but he made the effect in Miami. Like he, like him, that changed the game during that era when we grew, when we were there. I don't think his jersey deserves to be retired down there. And Pat Riley's going to do it because it's Pat Riley. Who, so, like, it doesn't matter. In my opinion, retire his number 23 in Cleveland. If that's – that is his home. That is where he spent majority of his career at this point. No matter how much how many times you add up the numbers, he spent majority of his career there. He brought a title to Cleveland for the first time ever. That's the biggest thing. I say, there you go. Retire it. He won – two titles in Miami with a star studded class star studded. You can't even come back at me with anything on that one. We all know that was the most star studded roster besides the golden state warriors. One, they got Durant to ever play together in the NBA. And then when he went to the Lakers, cool. You want a title? Guess what? During the pandemic, I don't give you I don't give anyone credit for that one just because there's no fan base, there's no nothing, there's no difference there. It's just a mutual court with no one around besides the players and the refs. And your fans on the TV screen around you. That does I don't agree with retiring his number in LA. I retire his number in Cleveland. That's what my stance is. Well, we will They'll, they'll retire. Agree his... to disagree because I think okay. he will because he is LeBron can go down as one of the greatest players. Well, he's he... won it everywhere. If he wins again somehow this year, I don't know if he can, but if he somehow does, mm-hmm. then he's got five. And I and I would give him credit if he wins it with number twenty three. That he should have his jersey retired. I don't. He he should. How many he should times have he one gone? of them. Wait, how many times has he gone to the finals? I mean, I don't. Andrew's not here and doesn't have the goddamn stats. I'm pretty him. sure he's gone to the finals ten times. He's won five, which is fantastic. That's great. Yeah. No. Sorry. We need. Where's Cyrus when you need him? Because <laughs> we're gonna need him. Cyrus will rip me this. apart on this one, which is fine. I freaking, I freaking can't wait because that's um, gonna be a four-hour podcast. I just don't agree with the retiring of numbers in certain aspects, like the Garnett one. I don't agree with it mainly just because I old-school type mentality with how you should retire it. That's that's my thought of it. 
Yes, you won a championship grade. You won one. In four years, you were there. Awesome. LeBron, he won titles on three teams. So you're going to go retire his number on three different teams? Great. Well, guess what? When Jordan passes away, the number 23 will be retired across the across all of basketball, like Bill Russell's number was. So cool. Your retired number is up in the rafters, and it's already been, going to be retired at that point. So I don't know. I, it's going to happen. He's going to get it retired. They've already talked about putting him, a, giving him a statue in Cleveland and in LA. So, well, I mean, there's LA just loves to make statues. Like there's a ton of them. So yeah. you know, that's what they do. But I mean, uh, I will say that you have to understand. Like, I understand your old school mentality. Players being with the same team for. X amount of years it should get should you get retired but at the same time that's just not the way the game is translated so you can't really use that I know as that. a as but... a as a measure anymore unfortunately which I mean so I just think that like Garnett changed the culture over there in Boston I thought his five deserved to be retired I think LeBron will deserve to have depending on how he finishes should have one of the two numbers retired. I won't give him both, but I will give him one of them. He's going to have and both numbers I'm retired sure, no matter what because he wore six down in Miami. So, And I'm sure he'll get that six over there because that's that was a big that's a big thing in basketball history. Everybody remembers him taking his talents to South Beach. It's going to happen. so stupid. Probably the stupidest thing we'll ever see in, in sports. And I don't know. Never There's ever some... be good. Oh, never that will never ever be done again. They just, you know, it it was horrible. But it's it's, you know, like it's just gonna happen that way, no matter what. It just there's no I mean, unless each team has their own standards of retiring someone's number, then like it's just gonna be based off the the, the different fan base. So, like, for example, talk about, you know, people having their jersey retired, you got someone like Vlade Divac, who has his jersey retired in Sacramento. Like, why would he have his jersey retired in Sacramento? Exactly. So, you know, it's just the the effect that they have on the game is going to be what matters and how they did it at the time they played. So we can go on and on for this. I'm so not we're just we're just going to go ahead and I'm pack kidding. in. Maya, do you have any comments on this? I know she was your laughing dad her ass is off. a basketball aficionado so if you have any comments you know feel free to you know chime in i i have no you i think you guys covered both bases and i think that's all that matters so no she's, she's playing um what is she, it sweden she's she playing, playing yeah switzerland switzerland thank you yeah um all I right let's, let's continue the drama uh, <laughs> so much a, drama oh my god from one to the down. next um this one is more interesting because it involves um probably one of the most interesting nfl owners well now at this point besides him and um mark davis probably the most two inter- interesting owners out there um jim ursay and the Indianapolis Colts have some drama boiling with their star-studded running back of Jonathan Taylor. So 
Taylor wants a new deal. He wants to get paid. And we've mentioned this in the past couple of weeks with the uh, NFL running backs being underpaid for what they do on a football team. Um, Especially when it looks like Jonathan Taylor, because he is the best player by far on the Indianapolis Colts. Um, He wants a new deal. Indy's not giving him money. It's going back and forth. Ursay basically, I think his quote was, once I'm gone, this player's gone. No one's ever going to remember that. They'll just remember the team. Not the best quote from an owner during a contract dispute. Now it's come out that Jonathan Taylor has a shoulder or chest injury that was undisclosed to this training staff and that they will not pay, they may not have to pay him any money. Uh, and Jonathan Taylor at this point has been fighting uh, the Colts tooth and nail. Um, yeah, that's, that's the drama. I, it just keeps getting better every day. It's kind of like a sitcom or a, or a soap opera at this point. So. Yeah, this is going to be a mess. An absolute mess. <laughs> like, you sent me a, 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 what was that quote that Ursay said? He sent it in the, in the group chat, which oh. I was like, you really said that in public? Yeah, let me go. I know I sent it. I just have to find it again. Yeah, I I hope Jonathan Taylor is able to get it, get himself traded. Go to a team that wants him. Okay, so and... here's... All right, so first off, it started with Jonathan Taylor requesting a trade. Then... Yes. Short while after, Jim Ursay, looks like he's coked out of his mind, said, if I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. Damn. Very interesting quote. Um, then, after that, a couple days later, the that's when the Colts came out saying that there was... It, was a lower back injury or something like that for Jonathan Taylor that was undisclosed to the training staff. Jonathan T- Taylor treated, tweeted out one, never had back pain Two, never reported back pain. Not sure whose sources are, but find new ones. So this shit is just going to get better. Jim Irsay is just pushing himself and digging a deeper and deeper grave at this point, in my opinion. Yeah. Idiot. Absolute <laughs> idiot. Yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah. John Taylor's not in my opinion is not playing for the Colts this year. And I hope he doesn't have to, because if I had an owner say that about me, I'd say fuck off because you're a piece of shit for saying that about me. So next topic, Merritt. Colorado's coming to the Big Twelve. That's <laughs> gonna be our next we out here. <laughs> Um, I think that will be exciting. Shout out to Primetime. Uh gonna be gonna be in the Big 12. He's excited. Colorado comes back to the original conference they you know started in. Um uh, Maya, have you played at Colorado? I have actually. Um their gym is like covered in like altitude warnings. Like we're at the, like I don't even know what it is, but they're like, this is how high from sea level we are. And it's really just to like get in your head. Um, ah, interesting. But yeah, my dad and I were actually talking about that. So did you, a- did you see the quote? And this is from Oregon, the head coach from football team <laughs> for the Oregon <laughs> Ducks. He goes, 
they asked him about Colorado leaving. He goes, not a big reaction. I'm trying to remember what they've won to affect the conference, and I don't remember. <laughs> I mean. It's true. He's not wrong. Yeah. They, what they I'm also about, I've never been to a football game, and I – well, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. We're going to have to cover this in a second here. What? Yeah, I haven't been to a football game, partially because I was like, I like didn't want to. <laughs> but oh, also, call, Maya, call, what are we doing wait, out here? You left, you have to let me finish. But Let's also. Finish before we jump football, down our throat. Football and volleyball are both in fall. That's and true. they're traveling a lot of the time when we're traveling. So mm-hmm. we're at separate places and mm-hmm. it has to be like, one in a million like shooting star like for us to be at home for me to be able to go Mm, that is understandable and when they're at home we still have like the whole world doesn't stop for them like we still have the next day like the next morning and like i'm gonna go next year i promise um but freshman me was like i don't really want to go outside and sit in the cold and deal with all of that so but yeah also this is what has been running through my brain while you guys have been arguing i said graham bell but that's the guy with the like that's the history guy <laughs> alexander graham bell yes, yes. But that's what I telephone well you guys have been arguing i, like I was it. trying to remember his name to tell you guys um but yeah, Colorado, the volleyball team is pretty like they're good. Um a lot of these like shifts from like the Pac-12 to like Big Ten, Big Twelve just makes me a little like I don't really know what's gonna happen for us. Like, you know, like that's yeah. it really you, gets me thinking and I don't really want to be thinking like that. <laughs> that you know, that is very true because you guys are probably you're the biggest one school. of the the biggest school that people are probably waiting to fall, like because uh, what if, if I remember correctly, it's both UCLA and USC are going to the Big Ten. Yep. Colorado's and now Colorado, now Big twelve, Big twelve. So you went from Pac twelve to Pac nine, and yeah, I'm. It will be interesting and to see. Pay- Apparently already conversations with Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah to join the Big 12. Perfect. <laughs> but apparently there's also the rumors that Oregon would come to the Big 12. There's a lot of rumors. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, you guys will probably know before I do. <laughs> probably. Probably. At this, like the way things come out, it's just crazy. It's like door. Yeah, through the back door. Oh yeah, you know, uh, they're going. They're they're going to be going to this conference, or they're going to make a big super conference with all the conferences. <sighs> yeah, I can only I, Maya, I found a football game you can go to. Oh, okay. Well, actually, okay, you first. You get to. You can go to uh, the Washington State game. It's right so, in between two of your matches. So I think. So. As a student athlete at Oregon, you get gifts each year that you're an athlete there. So after your freshman year, you get a Letterman jacket. Oh, so there is like a ceremony, ceremony like during halftime where all of the t- 
technically sophomores now. All of the sophomore student athletes go onto the football field, wear their Letterman jackets, and like wave at the crowd. So That's I will cool. go to a football game. That's amazing. Now you there just you have go. to stay. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to stay. I'm just here for my jacket, and then I'm going home. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. Codex, that's it. But Kevin. Yes. Here's the question. Do you want to go to Pittsburgh on September 15th? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I would totally go. You play JMU. At Pitt in Pittsburgh, I literally yes. saw that. I was like, "Wait, we're gonna be an hour and a half south of there." Shit. What? Wait, the what day is the fifteenth? It's a fr- It's the Friday we're leaving. Hey, I'm down to go if you're willing to drive. But it's not a bad drive. You do it. All right. Well, Maya, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to ask we'll the be group. In, we'll be in touch. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You'll have a little cheering section, potentially. Nice. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. <laughs> this All is right. what happens on the podcast, Maya. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the shit show. Oh, my gosh. I think that's why I'm going to open this up every time now when we have a guest. It's just that's welcome to the shit show. Oh, my God. That's, you should make a t-shirt of it. <laughs> Oh boy, we have a lot of t-shirt design ideas we gotta get out now, apparently. Um true. all right, so let's go over to the West Virginia side of things. Uh we will talk about Oregon here shortly, don't worry. Um, but we'll talk about our alma mater here, Kevin. Not much going on, very quiet, um, which is good, I would have to say. We're out yes. of the news. No um, news is good news, as I said last week. There's one thing I didn't put on here, but we have now been projected to finish 13th. In the Big 12. Wow. In Houston to finish last. Perfect. Woo! Perfect. We're still gonna suck. Let's just keep that energy away from between September 15th and September 16th. So, yeah. Hey, as long as we win that one game, we could lose the rest. I don't care. Um, but West Virginia football-related news, Austin uh, Brinkman has been named to the Patrick Manelli um, Award watch list, which is the long snapper. Best long snapper in the country. That's all, right. all I got. That's all I got for the West And I'm not going to lie, because when you wrote that, the, my first response was like, who in bloody hell is this? I had And no I idea. usually know a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, this is this is uh that's all we got. But they're in spring, they're in the fall ball now. So they're, they're practicing, which is fun to watch the highlights. So. Yes. Um, and then the basketball team. Another has, positive news. Yep. Has signed Afri and Neva from Israel. I'd yes. I, I watched a couple of his highlights. He played it against the under 18 team. Against he was on the, the U18 team. Yeah. So he he's, you know, the team is getting creative on who they're trying to bring in. So really, really nice find there. He's like six nine, six there's a long bigger guy. We need bigger bodies, especially with all the guys we've lost. So shout out to them for getting creative. Uh NIL money coming in strong. And yeah, I'm I'm good on that one. Shout out to the basketball team. Uh, oh, and then 
there's one thing basketball team related. Frank Martin, who used to be an assistant to our former head coach, who I will not name at this moment, um, at Kansas State, who took over at Kansas State, went to South Carolina. Is actually now the I didn't know this, the head coach at UMass Amherst, who West wow. Virginia plays this year. Um, and I'd love to go to the game because it's going to be up in Springfield, Massachusetts at um the basketball hall of fame, the arena that near there. Okay. I can't go because my son is supposedly going to be born the next day. Oh my goodness. Damn little kid. Are you ruining uh, my that life? That is the, that is a perfect reason for you not to go to a basketball game. It is okay. I, I approve know. of I, know. I, I approve of it too. Um, and my wife said I couldn't go either. Uh, <laughs> um, but he basically said our new head coach, our interim head coach is the perfect fit for this team. He's known him since he played at Kansas State uh, and thinks that he's going to get this team in the right direction and make sure that they play to their potential. So that's a really good compliment from honestly, one of the better college basketball coaches, who's just an old school guy who yells and screams a lot, but is still really good basketball coach. So yeah, well-renowned, highly touted for around all basketball circles. So shout out to Frank Martin. All right, Kevin, should we move on to the segment of, what you wearing? Yes. Um, so I'll go first. I made sure I dug through the closet in honor of our guest today. And I got me this awesome Oregon tea. So a lot of things on here to kind of navigate. I got to like move my laptop so you can see it. Sorry for my belly. But so much going right on. over here. So this is like came out the year when Chip Kelly was here. So you have his little silhouette over here. A lot of different things. You'll see Marcus Mariota down here. You'll see Alton Stadium right over here. Oh, oh can you see it? Oh, that's my. That's me. Yep, that's me. It's blurry. There, there you go. Alton Stadium. You have the duck over here. Him doing the push-ups. You have nods to old players. So you got like D'Anthony Thomas. You have, hold on, where is he? Uh, Number 21. Number 21, uh, I can't see him. He's somewhere on here. There's a number 11. I don't see a 21. Yeah, there, well, there's the first Austin win in the stadium. Uh, there, There's a pizza on here. Uh, Here's the push-ups. <laughs> but, yeah, this is, like, one of my favorite Oregon shirts that I have. And that's 20. Where did he go? Oh, 11, that's... That's Joey Arrington, uh, number eleven quarterback. Uh, and oh, Phil Knight's over here. Can't you go. Gotta wrong have Uncle, Philly. Gotta have Uncle Phil. Got Bowerman over here, and then the little truck that he came out on. You have the and motorcycle. Yep, the motorcycles here. There you go. That's all you need. And there's yeah. no more motorcycle. I think they're pretty sure they retired the motorcycle entrance. Yeah, they got the rose from when they won the Rose Bowl. Um, yeah, the different type of helmets, pretty awesome, pretty awesome shirt. But yeah, so for you, Maya, rocking my green and yellow Sko Ducks. That's actually sick. I would really enjoy one of those. But hey, Kevin, did you hear that? Yes, I okay. will go on the hunt. Don't worry. There you go. Just let me know your size off air. He will find it. He found me a Bill Russell jersey that fits me perfectly. 
and I had been lurking forever. And he goes, I found one two minutes later. I'm like, it's what I do. You're very good at it. Now, Merritt, are you going to explain to us your oh, tea? Yeah, dude. Talk about Celtic Greats. That so, big baby? No, there's no big baby. So Wait, who's the bald guy? Hold, I'll get to it. All right. Sorry, I was All right, so this, this shirt comes from... So, backstory to this. This was um, a shirt that I saw when it was... I can't remember, NBA Finals or... Eastern Con- Eastern Conference Finals or something like that. Jalen Brown was wearing this shirt getting onto a plane. And mm. I saw it. I was like, that is unreal. Like, really cool. I love that it's just the Boston Celtics with the old school, some of the old school players. Now, of course, there's Tatum and Brown are on here. But just names that we all know. Um, so I went on the hunt, found it. Not telling you how much I paid for it is a little bit too much, but I'm very okay. happy I bought it. I fully respect it. So shout out to a company. They are in Roxbury, Massachusetts. Their uh their company name is Madrugada Clothing. Oh. Yes. Um, phenomenal. I love this shirt. I I wear it all the time. But so what we got here, we have Bill Russell, Tony Allen. Um, Len Bias, mm. I believe. Yes, I think that's Len. Yeah, that Len Bias. Sure yep, Reggie's down here somewhere else. Um, Marcus, who's no longer on the team. Kevin Garnett. Let's see who's down here. Reggie. Okay. Doc. Doc Rivers. I see Ray Allen. Tatum. Hold on, I'm going across. <clears throat> uh, Rondo. D Brown. Isaiah. D Brown. Okay. Paul Pierce, Antoine Walker. That's who it was. And then we got JB in the corner. Nice. Yeah. Nice. The only thing I told my wife, I go, huh, it's a lot of good Celtics players. They don't have Larry Bird on there. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Maybe they didn't get the rights to use him. I don't know. But still, a phenomenal shirt. Um, So I've been waiting to rock this shirt for a while now. I've had it for like three months so i've been waiting for time to and i was like ah, screw it i'm just gonna wear it tonight because yeah i got nothing else it's all about green all about the green day my yeah. you your, your oregon duck shirt is fun too what what is that one so this is our like b oregon shirt so oh, like okay. it's the initiative like um diversity equity inclusion like all of that i think we were like one of the first programs to like make one of those but this actually i don't think is gonna be our the logo anymore even though i do really like this because they're doing like a rebranding so i'm excited oh okay um but yeah i actually thrifted this so (laughs) (laughs) kevin you can definitely tell you two are related just from that one comment right there yeah hey anyway (laughs) Any chance we can find a good deal is the way we got to do this. Dude. Yeah. It was like $3. Oh, it's <laughs> oh, incredible. I really wish, like, Kevin, when I come down to Jersey, when we go play basketball with Cyrus, whenever that is, I need to go thrift shopping with you because the places up here around me are god-awful. <laughs> but it's funny because I don't thrift. Yes, you I do. I don't. 
I don't thrift. I just eBay it. Ah, okay. So we can sit down and eBay together. Like that's cool. But and we can travel. I mean, we could go to like flea markets around me because, like, I watch a YouTube where they just go and do flea markets in our area, and I'm like, "That's a good idea. Might might have to try that." Yeah, that sounds like fun. Gotta love it. We'll 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 put it on the calendar. Okay, (laughs) sounds good. Cool. All right. All right. Do we want to move on to the the main reason why we're having this episode? Yes, it is time. So Maya, this is the time where we talk about you and we ask you all the hard hitting questions. Uh, we're excited to have you on, like I said before. Um, so I'm just, should I just, Mary, should I just go right on in it? Just dive right in. It's we're going to dive right in. I'm just going to, I'm going to sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Yeah. Merritt's going to hang out yeah. while we, we go through this. So Maya, so this is really interesting, but this is like the first time I get to like chat it up with you like long term because normally a lot of the times it's been like I'm there for like a day and then I finally see everybody. So I get to see you guys for like half hour to like two hours. Then like I leave and then I don't see you for like ever. And then I see you guys again. So the one thing that I first question I have for you is so volleyball. We have plenty of sports in the world, and you chose to love volleyball. What what about it made you continue or get into the sport? Well, like, yeah, I feel like every time you saw me when I was younger, I was playing a different sport. Like, I would do, like, AYSO. I would mm-hmm. do black football. I'd do tennis. I Piano's not a sport, but I did piano. Like, I did, like, all of these things. And... I started volleyball when I was really young and I continuous, like, I don't think I ever really had a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like that is a big contributor that I started when I was just really young. So then it kind of became just like second nature for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is like the team aspect, like all, all of most of my closest friends have come from volleyball one way or another like outside of my family it's all been through like my club teammates or I was paired with another student athlete to be her roommate and now we're like really close like all of these people came into my life because of volleyball and I feel like I noticed that and I was like oh like I kind of like it so I'll just stick around in it for a while so I love it so um amazing transition because you talked about uh playing volleyball so i listened to your podcast that you were on the og podcast and you know they went into like you know i know you you talked about your coaches and you went i see that lbc behind you and you would see the beach team play the indoor team um but you mentioned your club team mizuno long beach which is like a highly touted club team for volleyball uh what was it like playing for them yeah I I started at like a smaller club and then like I worked my way up and then I was at Mizuno Long Beach for like five years um I like what I was saying earlier I made some of like the best friends and the best memories that I had like with those girls and I think that our club was also very unique where there was a lot of people that looked like me like 
my mm-hmm. team now in Oregon, there's only one of me. Like the only Asian girl, also small one, but like at Mizuno, like there's a lot of people that it really just felt like family, like a bunch of like I had a bunch of like Samoan um teammates and they would just barbecue at tournaments and like casual family <laughs> things like that. And um so like the culture of Mizuno is very, very unique and something that is what I wanted when I played in college. And I think I've found as close as what I can to that. Um, But it is an extremely like high level. Like when I first got there, I saw a girl that eventually would become my teammate and my friend. And I thought she was 16, but she was 13 like me Mm. at the time. She's like bouncing the ball at 10 foot. She's six feet tall. I'm like, and I have to dig her. Like that's my job. Perfect. That's exactly what I want to do. Um, but also not many people know this, but my dad, I think, was like, the speed of the game is like really fast and like she looks like she can't see the ball. And I was like, well, no, like I'm just not used to it. And they're like, no, go get your eyes checked. I think you just can't see the ball. I w- I actually couldn't see the ball. Like I, I needed contacts. <laughs> um, like like I, I needed context and I still do need context to like legally drive and like all of these things. So like he was right and that did help. But like the speed itself, besides being able to actually see it, like you have to get stronger, you have to get bigger, you have to get faster, like all of those things. And it really prepared me really well for Oregon. So amazing. Awesome. So, so Mary, I'm, you want to ask in. the next I question? Jump in. You, you, you go two ahead. Questions in a row. Let's go. Well, um, I'm sorry. Right, so you, You're the best. So you mentioned Oregon, and of course, you know, everyone that's listening now knows that you play at the University of Oregon volleyball. Um, what was you know the recruiting process to get to eventually Oregon, and how different is it than you know, say soccer, basketball, all these other say mainline sports, you know, that, that we're all used to seeing, how different is it for volleyball? Yeah. I think like, again, mine is very non-traditional, like nobody on my club team. And there was 12 out of the 16 of us that went to play in college when we graduated and none of our journeys looked the same. And mine definitely look a lot different. Like I had girls going to USC committing as soon as possible. Like I had a teammate that went to Penn state. Like I had teammates that went like all over the country and each one of us looked very like our, like how it went. It looked very different. Never mind looking at different sports, but like how it was for us personally is very unique. But I feel like the automatic thing that when you ask me that is football, when everybody announces all of the offers you get and they post the pictures and like, I'm grateful to announce that I just got an offer from blah, blah, blah. And well, I feel like there's a lot of flipping. There's a lot of flip commits in football, especially like right now, there's just a lot of flips. Um, And I kind of think of basketball in the same realm as football. I feel like soccer is a little bit more similar to volleyball. Um, But as for volleyball, like, a lot of there's a lot of recruiters out there like they do showcases to and bring college coaches in and stuff like that but I made all of my emails like 
I had a color-coded spreadsheet of like all the emails and all the email templates and like I didn't use anyone and that's not how I got to where I got and it was hard but honestly it was COVID so like what else was I going to do so like I made all of my highlight videos like well except for like a couple but like for the majority like I kind of took it into my own hands and kept it very private which I feel like is very different than a lot of other sports. Hmm. I remember uh, seeing you. I think I the last time I saw you before, before was, uh, it was before COVID happened because I, I came that January. Um, and I remember seeing you and you were showing my sister the spreadsheet that you had and like everything. Like Merit, this spreadsheet was mm-hmm. so legit that like, it, you you broke it down to as far as schools that could have been that you could have been interested in, but you wouldn't take the time out to maybe reach out to them because you knew that a couple of your teammates who played the same position were getting offered the same position. So you kind of had like, all right, well, this team, uh, I hear about this team. I've heard from them, but they're recruiting a, a player on my exact same team that plays the same position as me. So like this red sheet was like crazy. Awesome. And did you have uh like a like a, any any schools did you remember that like were looking at you towards the end of the process before you made the decision to Oregon? And if you could you fill us in on like how we ended up to where we are now? So like um there was like two coaches that I had to text um after I committed, just like courtesy, like this is Like, I'm going here. Like, I appreciate your guys' time and being able to communicate and learn about your school, but I'm going here. Um, So the first one was Santa Barbara, but that one was kind of tricky because I needed to get into Santa Barbara to be a walk-on and also did not get any get into any ucs which was very hard for me because i feel like i worked so hard like you you know i worked so hard for so Mm. long to like get really good grades and like to do all those things and not getting into any of them but then i came to oregon so i'm fine but so santa barbara that one was kind of tricky but the other like really big offer i had was at um new jersey institute of tech njit yeah and that was like pretty appealing because they were able to offer me money and that doesn't happen very much for people in my position um so that was the only big two so I guess there were like three main people towards the end of recruiting so nice yeah I'm not so a little insight on that one I remember your dad reaching out to me and asking about that school when coincidentally um, so I taught CrossFit and one of my students was actually a D1 volleyball player for the men's team at NJIT. So he was able to give me a lot of great insight that I passed on to your dad in uh in about the school and how it was. So I remember I remember NJIT uh you know offering you, which was like crazy. I I remember that I you when you brought that up, I was like, oh snap, that's true. But um Mary, you want to ask the next question? Sure. All right. Oregon is probably the one school in this whole dang country that 
any athlete would want to be a part of, mainly for the simple fact it is Nike and it's Phil Knight and all that fun stuff. What was the first year like there? And, you know, what's it like being a student athlete at the University of Oregon? I think it's been, it's hard to like articulate an accurate picture because I've been living so deeply in it for so long, like, so <laughs> long. like every day. Um, but we're very, like, they take care of us. They're like a big reason why my family is okay with me going to Oregon versus me just going to school somewhere in California is that they're not worried about me. Like they know that there's people there that care about me and that, I am taken care of like literally like financially, like they'll, they feed us, they I'm with them. They make sure I'm healthy, like all of these things. So um, that is like top tier. Um, we like academics, like they help us. Like we have tutoring if we need it. We have our advisors that we can talk to whenever we need to. Um, and something that I didn't really think of is like, how younger kids or I just like anyone sees me just because I am related or affiliated with Oregon athletics. Like, it's not really something that I was like, Oh, people would be like, Oh, cool. Like, um, but like we have like our Oregon backpack, like our Oregon student athlete backpacks. Um, and I do wear it because it's very, it fixed a lot of stuff. Not just, and like, that's like a stereotype. Like I read the questions and the scooter and the backpack. Those are the two things that a lot of people on campus are like, what is going on? But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's, yeah. I think it's a very unique experience too, just because we, like I played with my team on the Nike campus in the gym and we met with uniform reps to talk about the future of volleyball jerseys. And they came to us and asked us to test out shoes for the new generation. Like, those are things that I feel like, even if you are in Nike school somewhere else, that's not. Yeah, it's just, that's not casually, happening. Yeah, you're not casually testing out new shoes. Um, yeah, that's so. not. they're not coming to West Virginia and be like, hey, you guys want to try out these new shoes? No, it. That's, they, that's they, really they, they go. It goes to Oregon first, and then oh. they spread it out to everybody else. Well, you know, <laughs> Phil Knight may not be involved in Nike as much as he used to, but you know he is telling everyone no one gets anything before Oregon. You know that. That's like pretty much in the bylaws of Nike at this point. Yeah. Yes. So, Maya, you've mentioned uniforms, which that's super exciting that you – like you're able to go ahead and talk about like talk to like the people making these uniforms and how they can make these uniforms better for you guys to perform better. Do you have a favorite uniform color combination? Cause Oregon, you know, we, we know that you, you guys get all different colors and all the, all the good stuff. So do you have a favorite that you like to wear? So for our volleyball jerseys, we have, like a set so we have like five jerseys and we keep them for like four years so you get a new one um so the new generation i think is coming out like next year or in two years but i love our white tank top jerseys and our green sleeves oh. i just think it looks like 
so clean and it has the organ green so it's still sco but like i think we all look great and the jerseys also fit us very well like they made it for women not just jerseys so it fits us very well and um i think that's like all of our favorites on the team so nice um so next question is that we got you know being away from home and you know like i know our family was extremely like tight-knit so like what was the biggest challenge being away from them for your first year i think it's just like little thing like i'm so used to coming home and sharing a room with my sister or seeing her at school or having to pick up my brother from somewhere or having to drop them off somewhere and it has to become second nature for me to make the effort to do that now because when I lived at home like I didn't have to try to see them I lived in the same house as them like I would see them anyways um but when I'm gone like I have to be like I want to talk to my parents today like I have to set time aside for me they can't just call me into their room just to have a conversation like I actually have to put in the time and make sure and I feel like sometimes there was times where like there's gaps like sometimes I'd talk to them like several times a week and then like I wouldn't talk to them and like there's things that would happen in our family and like I wouldn't know about and like I feel like managing communicating was like the hardest part for me yes true but at the same time also remember you are in college you gotta you got things to do and they gotta let you Live your life. That's what like I even learned when I when I went away too. You know, my sister stayed. My sister stayed home. So when I went away, my parents were not used to not seeing me for four, five, six months of the year. So you know, like when it when it when they when I I had to at least make the effort to at least be like, hey mom, I'm alive, and I'm sure your your mom is the same way. Just just make sure you're 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 still good. So, but yeah, they, they got to let you get, get your space, which I do, but I feel like, like also because Oregon has such a big social media presence, like there's things that they'll find out before, like me telling them, which like, (laughs) I'm still telling them like media day stuff. Like they'll see all the pictures online before I'm able to like talk to them. And like, this is what I got for Nike Christmas. Like, look at like all of these things, but um all right i'm asking an off cuff question Nike whoa Christmas. you're going off the script yes oh my god i'm so proud of you i because i literally see these videos from football like all the athletes that go oh i got into a bowl game all this stuff and they get their nike christmas what is it like to get a nike christmas and this is from somebody like kevin who literally anything and everything we own is nike what is it like to get that bag and go, holy shit? It's like, and they have it like all laid out for us all pretty too. So like oh, fire locker, um, the backpacks there. And of course your locker, like our locker room itself is sick. So you have to walk into the locker room, you see your name, your number, and you look and there's like your backpack and then like shoes, socks, shoes, shirts, sweaters, pants, like all of those things just like laid out <laughs> um, 
at first it's overwhelming because you do have to try everything on to make sure it all fits. <laughs> so I'm just uh -huh. like, I got to get this on. I got to get this on. But also for me, I am the most expensive person on the team because we have to buy men's clothes and the men's clothes do not fit me as I am 5'1". So they have <laughs> hem all the stuff for me. So I am very expensive for them. Um, so like that, that is a unique experience for me, like trying on these things. I'm like, oh, this sweater looks so sick. It's a men's small, doesn't fit me, but still sick. It's like draping off my arms, like don't down to my knee. Oh, <laughs> uh, but like, still, I'm like, look at me, like, dad, look, like you can definitely fit in this, but like, look what I got. You're like, dad, this is your Christmas gift. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> So I do have a, a kind of a follow-up. So I've heard the rumor and they've talked about it, but especially more or less with like the football team, Nike gives out the specific shoes for certain green days where that's the only time they get to wear them. They don't get to keep them until they graduate is volleyball and all the other sports. Do they follow the same thing? Do you guys get like, say like a pair of Jordan fours to wear on an away trip and you can only wear those for that one weekend. And then when you go home, they're back to Oregon, they're locked back up or is that. So like a big reason why that happens is because like, so what we were joking about, like me giving my dad a present, like I'm not allowed to do that. Like okay. I can't get anything that's team issued away um, or sell it until I graduate or leave the program. Mm. So that's like, and it's hard for a lot of people, I think to resist the temptation where like, these are like player exclusive Jordans and like, I'm like a broke college student. I can just sell these and make a bunch of money. So like, I think that's why that will yeah. exist um, for us. Like for the gift we got for the tournament, they were, they got us like black, like black and white Nike blazers. So like they didn't take those from us. So like we wear them, but uh, like for the nicer shoes, I know that's usually how it, that's how it goes. Like sometimes they'll keep them. Sometimes they let the girls keep or so two years ago, my teammates got Air Forces, white Air Forces with like a green swoosh. And like oh, they were cool. able to keep those. Um, but I'm assuming if we were to get like the very, very nice ones, like they wouldn't let us just keep those casually. Mm. So that makes yeah. sense. Makes total sense. Wasn't sure how that all worked. All right, Kevin, I, those were my off the cuff so far. So, so I'm proud of you. I'm Look at you. We're, we're reversing roles tonight because yes. you so wrote Maya, everything. Maya, I am predominantly known every time we bring a guest on to just completely go off the rails and just ask random questions and just go off topic. So now it's roles are reversed because I wrote the episode and then Merit is just going to do what I do, which is exciting. So next question. So can you give our listeners a recap recap on how your first season went with the volleyball team? And I'm adding this question in because it kind of ties in. What was your welcome to college moment? Or the oh shit moment. Yeah. Um, so this season, sorry, I'm really thinking for some reason. I don't know why it's so hard to remember what happened a couple months ago. Um, but we went to the NCAA tournament and we 
finished in the Elite Eight. Um, so top, Ooh. top in the nation. We, um, we were undefeated at home, which has never happened before. Um, and the home court itself, MKA, is like a big controversial topic in a lot of places, like online, just because of the floor. Oh, Some people hate the floor. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That floor is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I love the floor. But um, so, yeah, we were undefeated at home. We had the longest win streak in, in program history. So, re- like, very successful season. Um, when I was thinking about my, like, welcome to college moment, it's kind of hard because, like, I have the – I have the moments of me being a student athlete. You're like, welcome to Oregon. Like, this is mm. your life. And then there's like moments that I think of that it's like, welcome, you're you're in college. Like, this is your college life now. Like, you're kind of an adult. So like for the student athlete question, I think it would be like walking. So like you do all your warmups and your warmups, like your warmup long sleeves and stuff. And then you go into the hall and you change into your jerseys. And usually when you change, you're walking out and pulling onto on your arm sleeves. Um, pulling on my arm sleeves and walking out onto the floor the day we played Stanford, I think was like the biggest, like, oh my gosh, like this is actually happening. Because um, we were playing on our home court. There was over 4,000 people there. We were playing one of the top teams in the nation. There were people that like literally lived on my floor that were there. They also made a bunch of the student athletes go. So there was like half the football team there, like all the soccer team. Like it was just a very like, okay, like time to do it. And then we swept them and we won. Ooh, which is, there you go. Yeah. Um, go volleyball. Um, <laughs> that was that. But like welcome to college, like just as a regular student is like really small stuff. Like, being pissed at my neighbors because they were so freaking loud and I have practice in the morning. Like, things like, I'm like, you guys just, like, it's a Tuesday night. Like, please, just please be quiet. Like, little things like that. Um, But now, like, those people are, like, some of my best friends. So I can look back on it and be angry, but now I just, I'm just like, well. <laughs> Amazing. That's awesome. Uh, Mary, you want to ask that next one? Oh, hell yeah. This is a great question. I get the good questions tonight. Kevin gets the 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 plain, ordinary, boring questions like I usually get. Um, so I like this role reversal, Kevin. I think you're going to write the episodes when we have guests on from now on. Sure. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, where was your favorite school to play at, and what was the most interesting to play at? Like, so visiting another team, which was the your favorite, which was most interesting. Yeah, I think my favorite schools to play are the L.A. schools just because, like, I grew up in this area. Like, these girls, like, these girls, this is where, like, I wanted to be. Like, this is the places that, like, where I dreamed of playing and things like that. And because all of my family is down here in SoCal, they're all able to come. So there's just a bunch of Filipinos sitting in one section of the gym and my entire team knows who they're for. Like, there's no other girl on the team that it could be for. Um, but that's, like, a really big reason why I feel like that's my 
favorite places to play, especially because a lot of them are older and like they can't easily get on a plane and come up to Eugene to see me. So like, and they don't fully understand what I do, but like just the fact that they come and like support and like, it means a lot to me. Um, And then actually one of the most interesting places to play is Washington State. Um, Okay. I knew I was going to get a little reaction. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Well, traveling there itself is also, there's one terminal, like, yeah, like just like a, just plain hills, but playing there, it's like a high, it reminds me of a high school gym. It's relatively small, but everyone comes to it. Like they're literally like on top of each other. The band is so loud and like, so in your face and there's like a rivalry ish um, between us. I think it's a little there's like a personal one um, between our teams just because, um, excuse me, we had, so our setter played at Wazoo and then came to us. Oh. Um, so like, that's like kind of a reason why. Um, but yeah, like, I feel like that you don't feel that in a lot of places and we've played in a lot of really big places and them in Minnesota is like one of the only places I feel like I was like, wow, these people are getting a little too close. So I want to, I want to throw one in there because I used to work for the University of Texas, so they had their own volleyball facility. What's the one school you want to go play against and like go to, and see their crowds and all that, like you see at Washington and you know at the LA schools? I feel like Texas would be it. That's like a historic like. Everyone wants to play there at some point in their career. I can so, tell you the the fans are literally um, oh. right behind you. Yes, I had a I had an incident uh, at Minnesota that literally made me end up walking out of the gym in tears um, because a fan came up to me after the game. I was sitting by myself, so that's kind of my bad. But I was sitting. It was like an older gentleman and. He basically said that like me, yeah, I'm a very loud, obnoxious yeller. And that's what I do when I'm anywhere related to volleyball. Like I just, that's the way I support my team. And he basically said that by me doing that and kind of just me being me at the volleyball game, it made my team look bad and my program look bad. So I ended up in tears. So I feel like as long as it doesn't get like that at Texas, I feel like it will. But I'm getting better at managing that. That was also like my first travel trip. So I'm a big girl now. Yeah, you'll be fine. Good. I can tell you Screw that, that old man. He yeah. can, you know, wake up and die. Go for years. So yeah. I was like, so I'm not going to take this guy seriously. And then I start crying. So, well, That's I can tell you that University of Texas, they take it seriously. Like I've been, oh. was it when I was there? I can't remember who they were playing, but the place was packed. Yeah. Like you, it was standing room at one point. And, yeah. You said, Maya, they're historically one of the best programs out there. So it is pretty cool. If you ever do get to go, just aim for the front row. I have season, t- I have old season ticket holders that sit there and they're so old that they won't notice if anything comes flying at them. Um, <laughs> so I, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to drop any names, but just aim in that. Teammates run into the stands and fall on people so oh that'll happen in texas 100 percent. oh 
It, everything looks very like. It is. It's literally like the court and then right to, around the edges are the fans and they go up. And then it's a second balcony area where there's more fans up top. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It it looks like an old school, like high school basketball gym. Okay. That's <laughs> the mm-hmm. best way to describe it. Fun times. I dig it. All right. So, Maya. So, I again, I took this from your interview because I, I was trying to get more questions to talk about. So, on the OG podcast that you were on, you mentioned, and I quote, being someone to look up to and that no one looked like me played in college. So, you know, you being a Filipino, being 5'2 out here playing Division One, what does it mean to you to be a role model for future kids who want to get into volleyball? Like, yeah, like watching Long Beach, that's like, I'm just going to say Long Beach Day because that's the school I went to every Friday when they had a game, like, looking down the roster like a lot of them looked the same like they weren't very big variations in height the smallest girl you would usually see was like five 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 six um majority white and like one of the first people that really like changed my perspective on that was the libero that played in the last um olympics and won the gold medal justine wong arantes like the first Asian person I saw on the big stage to like really do it um so I feel like having someone or trying to be someone like that to like younger girls like just to show that like if like I can do it and it's not impossible just because we're smaller or we don't look like the rest of the girls that we play with or like things like that um, it's like my favorite thing when like I'm working at camps and girls will come up to me and be like, and like you, you know why they're coming up to me. They're like little, little, short, little girls, like asking for like advice or help. And like, that is like, like one of the best things that has come from like me going to Oregon. So awesome. Now you just mentioned it. You're, you're at, you're, you're running summer camps in Oregon. You know, you're getting ready for the season. So what are you most excited for this year? And do you have any goals that you are personally trying to attain? So personally, like, obviously I'm limited by how much I can grow vertically. So I'm trying, I've, it's always been a goal for a very long time for me to get like bigger and stronger so I can move faster. So like, that's, always going to be one of my bigger goals and this is like my first time living on my own because I'm not in the dorms anymore like I'm living in an apartment so like okay oh she's going the apartment life now yeah food and like feeding myself in a way that's gonna fuel me better I think it's gonna be one of the biggest challenges just because like in the dorm, like I wouldn't even count that as living by myself. I lived in like a hotel. Like I would walk downstairs and be like, oh, do I want a slice of pizza? Yeah, perfect. And go get a slice of pizza. Like now I have to be a big girl and like meal plan, make sure I'm getting all of my nutrients, like my protein, my car. Like I think that's going to be really hard for me because I'm not used to thinking about that. Hmm. Okay. 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 Um, okay. I'm excited. I'm I'm actually really excited to just watch my how we do this season just because I feel like we set last year we ended really really well and I feel like this year could look very similar 
um we have a lot of new girls so we have 19 girls on the roster and we have seven girls who are a fifth or sixth year and we have seven girls that are freshmen so we have enough girls that can make a pro team lineup and enough girls to make an 18s team so that kind of and there's four of us in the middle um so that kind of draws the picture for you which I feel like it's going to be one of our biggest challenges is to try to get everyone together on the same page. But mm-hmm. once we knock out the few bumps in the road, like I feel like it could come out like looking really, really good. Awesome. Um, bonus, we're going to Hawaii. So I'm excited for that. I yeah, that. I saw Lucky that. <laughs> All right. So I want to throw this question in because I'm looking at the schedule. Um, and let's like exclude Hawaii because you literally just said you can't wait to go there. We're going to take all three matches out of out of Hawaii. You're not allowed to talk about that one. Out of all the teams you're playing this year, Pac-12, anything, what's the one team you're looking forward to playing against? Great question. Mm. Yeah, that is a good question. I think, like, as a team, a lot of us want redemption. I get, like, we beat everyone in the Pac-12 last year but not twice. So I think this year we're looking for redemption against like Washington, USC and Washington state. But I feel like a big one for all of us is Stanford Mm -hmm. just because I feel like we didn't, we all talk about this. Like, so like the PAC 12 schedule is kind of strange. I don't know if it's strange, but like you travel to each area and you play both teams and the way that it works, you can only – we didn't get to play at Stanford. So, hypothetically, if we were able okay. to play at Stanford and if we were able to beat them again, we would be Pac-12 champions. So, it's kind of personal <laughs> because we, ha- we have beat everyone in the Pac-12, but because we lost a couple matches, like, they were able to take that title. So I feel like we're really going for that title this year. Yeah, you got to get that title this year. Yeah. Nice. All right. I like that. So I, like that. I have one more question here, and then I have a, a fun question after. Ooh. But um, what uh what advice do you have anybody trying to go Division One trying to play volleyball? I think that the way that you get there does not have to look like your teammates or anyone, you know, or what all of these girls are talking about. Like there's a lot of different ways you can get to where you want to be. And like the big thing I say to girls, like trying to get recruited, like with emails and stuff is like, all of these coaches are reading the same emails. Like, hi, my name is this. I'm this, I'm this age. Like I'm from this. And the thing that I tell them is to like kind of show your personality and show them why they especially want you like as a person, not just as a player. Um, so I feel like that's very important and sometimes forgotten. You know what? I think that we've asked the question to a bunch of our friends and former classmates that are played division one. That might be the best answer I've heard. Yeah. That honestly to you. is straight up one of the best answers I ever heard. Mainly for the simple fact that it's the God's honest truth to show out what you can do. Yeah. So I love it. I love it. And my last question, it's a fun one. 
So, you know, your the other podcast you were on was talking about some like random questions. And I just really want to know what would be the best uh boba recommendation you can give me. I'm big big boba fan. So I was wondering what uh boba flavor should I try next out here? So like this is gonna require some Oh, this is great. Ask you some questions because I know what I'm doing. Okay. What do you usually get? So I tend to go for a typical fruity flavor with with the tapioca. So, you know, normally when I go to a place, uh, I will most likely get the mango boba because it's it's what it is. It's it's easy. You know what you know what it tastes like. Tab yoga balls in. That's usually kind of like my go-to. I like I like those flavors. So um what can a guy what would we, should I be trying next? So I don't know if you've had I don't know if you're a honeydew fan. I have I have had honeydew once. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Like the food itself. I've had the food and the flavor of that too. Okay. So there's like particular places that make it flavored like the milkita like milk candies so it's okay milkshake so there's oh. like honeydew like honeydew milk tea with boba or oh. you can never really go wrong with like if since it's summertime just like fresh blended watermelon with Ooh, boba. that sounds yeah, delicious you can't really go wrong with that also they can't really mess it up because all they have to do is blend the watermelon so it usually tastes the same at most places so okay Top two. Merritt, have you ever had boba before? Yeah, not not for me. Okay. It's all right. Great. Respectable. It's all right. Not for all me. right. Merritt, do you have any other questions for Maya? No, she crushed it. Yeah. Maya, you did awesome. I think this is going to be a great one for everybody to hear. Again, you know, you rocked it out. And Merritt, you have trivia? Yes, but Kevin, we're skipping the next part. Did oh. we miss anything? Uh, did we no. miss anything? Probably not. Yeah, unless I listen, unless I listen to the, unless I listen to the episode back and I I'm figure gonna... out something, then maybe. The but, moment uh, you listen to this episode back, I'm going to get a text message being all, you telling me that I'm an idiot. A hundred percent. Why would I do that? Oh, because of the, how we started the episode, you know, that. Oh goodness gracious! But uh, I think <laughs> um, you know, Maya, shout out to you that you were able to do this and you didn't get a single interruption, and you're at home. Oh, I they're all in there, they're all in the house. Ah, <laughs> you're like this is my time. I also told my dad I was like I'm doing the interview right now, and he is knows that I don't like to be bothered while I'm trying to do big girl things. Oh, that's right. She got a big, big girl pants on today. I like it. I know you're listening to this. Definitely is. Your your dad has listened to a couple of our episodes already. He's got a strong opinion. So I love it. All right. You ready for the trivia question? I'm ready. This is volleyball related. So we keep it in the area we're talking. What is the longest recorded volleyball game? Oh 
God. This number is unreal. I don't believe it's true, but if it is, holy shit. Seven hours. (laughs) That's funny. That's really funny, Kevin. That's really funny. Maya, do you have any guesses? Because I he laughed at seven hours, so I'm assuming. I don't want to guess. <laughs> if he laughed at seven, I don't want to. I don't want to guess. Merritt, go ahead. It lasted a total of eighty-five hours. There's, now, remember, but wait, how? Because a volleyball game, it's broken up. Oh. Uh... So one match can be so long you have a break that's how so also like before right now it's rally scoring yeah so whatever if you serve whoever can win the point but like matches where it was i don't know what it was called like so a couple not a couple years ago a while ago you had to do like if you were serving you are the only able to score a point. If the other team scored a point, they don't get a point. They just get to serve. Yeah. So that mm. those games would last for like literally, they would last for like four or five hours. But oh, like, yeah. that's a long time. That's a lot of volleyball. That's a lot of volleyball. You can you imagine if you had a game the next day, you would you would die. That's breaking some type of law. Yeah. Sometimes you can't even I- work for longer than like like twelve hours. So. Playing a game for 85 day. Apparently, volleyball was invented in 1895 in Holyoke, Massachusetts. By William M. Morgan. Shout out to William M. Morgan for creating that game. Yeah. Cool. Yes. All right, that's all I got. That's all we got. Wow. Amazing. So, this is outro time, I'm assuming? Uh, Yes, sir. Cool. So, outro time. Once again, Maya, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. Uh, shout out to Are you drinking in a Stanley? No. This is my brand new water bottle that Nanai actually bought me. Okay. I love that. In a walla. A walla. It's super fancy. It, it looks like it can fit a lot of water. So, shout out to you for staying hydrated. Yes, that's my goal to stay hydrated. Good, good. Um, but again, thank you so much for, for rocking out with us. You did amazing. Uh, we'd love to have you back on again, you know, pri- prior to your season um, or when your season's done. But any socials that you'd let our people like that you'd let them follow you on? Oh, yeah. My Instagram is my name, just Maya Delos Reyes. It's phonetic. No extra letters, no extra spaces, no periods. That's amazing. <laughs> Love it. So make sure you guys follow her after this episode. Make sure you go ahead. If you want to watch this, watch it at our podcast, uh, YouTube at the Manly Musings podcast. Cyrus, no more comments. Cyrus, shout out to the comments. We'll talk to you again at some point. Maya will tell you about Cyrus off air. Don't worry. He's a good guy. Uh, But shout out to you guys. If you're watching on the YouTube, we appreciate you. Keep on giving us some likes. Give us some comments, please. Some nice comments, please. And thank you. If you just want to hear us, we are available on all streaming platforms. We are on the Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on Amazon Play. We are on Google Play. If you want to check us out on our Instagram, 
Uh, check us out at the Instagram page, the Manly Musings Pod. You can follow Merit at his Instagram at Merit underscore P. You can follow me at my Instagram at kquaver six two four. And yeah, that's another one, y'all. Another one closer to one hundred. Peace out. Thank you.